Hi, this is Aaron Orlando uh, reporting for RevelstokeMountaineer.com. I'm joined on the phone by uh, Darcy Peel, who's uh, the director at BC Caribou Recovery uh, Program uh, for uh, the Provincial Ministry of Forests. Uh, Darcy, thanks for taking some time to talk to me. Oh, no problem. Uh, Darcy, as you're aware, um, the Caribou uh, uh, Recovery Plan consultation period has been a pretty big issue uh, lately, and uh, you have a meeting coming up on the Monday the 15th uh, here in Revelstoke. Um, one of the, the topics that has been out there is that um, there's been a rush on this consultation. For those who are uh, uh, concerned ab about that, for example, um, the deadline was originally in late... Um, and later in April, and it's been extended until early May, and people are saying they don't have enough time to digest and they don't have uh, enough information. I appreciate the need to get things done, but, but why not take uh, two or three months to go through this process? Well, we're trying to address that by getting out in front of the, the people who are concerned and, and discussing the Section 11 and uh, partnership agreement drafts with them uh, and answering the questions in the communities. We we do hear that, uh, and we're getting that feedback, uh, you know, pretty consistently across the province, and we're providing that information then back to the ministers that are that are uh, responsible for this file. So uh, I don't have a great response to that other than to say we're doing our best to collect the information that we uh, are able to from the public and providing the information uh, to them. I understand that some people will not be satisfied with that response. Uh, and for those people, we we make ourselves available pretty much all the time. Right now, the Caribou team is working uh, you know, from from dawn till dusk on this right now, and, and specifically to talk with communities and, and concerned citizens across the province. Mm -hmm. But why not just uh, add a month or two to uh, your deadline? Well, it's not completely at our, in our control. There's uh, there's some specific responsibilities of the the federal minister that she has obligations under the Species at Risk Act, and as People are likely aware that she's been challenged in court to act on those uh, obligations. And so some of it is driven by that. Some of it is driven by the fact that you know, caribou are, are in peril and we need to, to get on with things. And so we're doing our best with, within the constraints that we have. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, caribou management is ongoing. A uh, month or two, I don't know, is going to delay it because any type of management plan that uh, the provincial government is going to come up with or changes to existing management plans are going to be decades-long processes. Um, uh, following up on the, the second point there regarding the federal um, um, uh, concern over court challenges. Um, what has been relayed to you from federal negotiators about the deadline? Are they concerned that uh, um, this is going to wind up back in court? Uh, that it's going to they're going to face additional challenges under, for example, the Species at Risk Act. Is this uh, something because a federal election is coming up in the fall and they're trying to get something done before the writ is dropped? Can you have provide a little bit more insight on that? Yeah, I, I really don't have any information uh, around that. Uh, but I think that you, you made an interesting comment there that, you know, we're continuing to do stuff around caribou recovery as this is happening. And that is part of the point, that these two draft agreements don't stop us doing caribou recovery work. They 
simply provide additional supports for that work. And specifically in the partnership area with uh, two First Nations, BC and Canada, in that central group. And then more broadly with the Section 11 agreement, it brings Canada in as a collaborator with BC. And and the, the way you characterized it, I think, is uh, a good way that that largely we're going to continue doing the things we, we're doing. We're just going to have additional partners doing them. And it brings additional resources, additional uh, uh, financial supports. And it, it, we're, we're having difficulty communicating that to communities, that that's really what this is all about. Uh, there are a lot of fears that this is about um, closing access to to thing to crown land and that's really not what this is about this is about enabling uh collaboration on caribou recovery more broadly okay in terms of the plans that have been put out on uh, the provincial government's consultation or engagement site um across the spectrum of of uh, parties stakeholders that are likely to be affected by this uh by changes to the regime uh, caribou management regime um, a consistent um, criticism is that they need more information than the general uh, draft agreement and, and information there. They're calling for details on mapping, core habitat, uh, changes to, you know, fr- from a forestry perspective like AACs, uh, tenure reductions, um, specific closures area. Why can't, why can't uh, at this point the government provide more of those details then ask for feedback uh, and input on the plan well some of that is happening as we're moving along but but some of it is that the the detailed work like that will be enabled by these partnership and and uh section 11 agreements if they're uh finalized with with the various levels of government uh, the detail work on the sort of operational level caribou recovery will occur in the herd planning process. And we've seen some of that work occur already, and, and it's reflected in the, in the actions that have taken place across the province to support caribou recovery. But, but there's going to be a lot more of that, and it'll be a lot more detailed. And the, the people and groups and communities that are raising their hands during this process and saying, hey, we want to be involved, are the ones that are going to be a part of that process moving forward. Okay. But what do you say to those who say that's that's not good enough? You know, for example, last night I attended a information meeting that was put on by the Revel Stokes Snowmobile Club. That's an example of an organization that has been involved in caribou management for quite a long time, amongst many other organizations from, you know, in the Revel Stoke area, such as, you know, parks or uh, various forestry operations, heli skiing, all kinds of backcountry um, uh heli heli skiing other other organizations but what they're saying is you know we've read the documents that are out there and they don't provide us the information that we need the relevant information that we need in order to make a comment uh, on this plan well i think in particular the um the snowmobile community has been um challenged in in their participate or their response to these two things because there has been a lot of uh, misinformation provided to them around what's going to happen with snowmobiling. And I'll just describe 
the answer to that question because we've been getting it consistently at the public meetings is are you going to close access to crown land and the answer is a clear no uh, with the following proviso that in the central group there will be a recreation management process that reviews specifically where snowmobiling is occurring with the snowmobile groups so this will happen outside of the partnership agreement process but they sit down with the snowmobile groups and, and review where it is that they snowmobile what areas are important to them then look at the areas that are important to caribou and see where the overlaps are if there's concerns there uh, that can be managed in in those areas or if it if it requires that they look at um, moving snowmobiling out of some of those areas and facilitating access to other areas to, so that we're working with those communities and uh, so that fear though of closure to the back country has expanded to to other areas in the province and Revelstoke's a great example of where we worked with the snowmobile community through the previous mountain caribou recovery uh, management process to enable them to continue snowmobiling in areas that are important, but also to protect areas that are important to caribou. And so we're continuing to do that. We work closely with the BC Snowmobile Federation. We recently um, opened an area that had been closed because there's no longer caribou there. And so it's a good example of recognizing that you know how important snowmobiling is to the local communities and economies and the rural lifestyle but also to supporting caribou recovery uh, across the province mm -hmm. um to well in order to combat misinformation about uh what's going to happen and specifically on the topic of snowmobiling um uh, the, the Frisbee Boulder area is the most popular snowmobiling area in the Revelstoke area. Um, what What is going to happen there? So we will sit down with the locals. Actually, we have a, a meeting scheduled with the BC Snowmobile Federation. It's, I can't remember the exact date, whether it's the 15th or the 16th, but it's right around the day of the public meeting in Revelstoke to discuss snowmobiling issues in general and also specific issues that they bring up. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, so in other words, at this point, you can't really say, you know, for example, uh, you know, where the core habitat mapping is going to happen and exactly what's going to happen there. What do you say to them, who say, uh, to those who would say, you know, that's not enough information for me to meaningfully provide input on this plan? Talk to us. Uh, I think that's the big, the big thing is come out to the public sessions, talk to us. Uh, ask questions of the information that, that is available online, provide your input through Engage BC, and, and uh, we will answer your questions and provide information as to how you can be involved moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, you've been quoted in the media saying, you know, there's no, uh, you know, there's no easy fix here. That's it's going to uh, a successful recovery plan is going to involve some pain. Uh, moving on to the the forest sector in the Revelstoke area, um, what is the what is that going to look like? What is uh, what are the reductions going to look like under this plan? What is the socioeconomic impact? Do you have that information? No, because we haven't finalize the details of what caribou recovery looks like in that area and you're, you know the quote that, that you mentioned 
that it stands true across the province that caribou recovery is very difficult and it requires everyone who's uh, participating in resource management uh, or partaking in activities uh, uh, you know in the in caribou habitat or adjacent to caribou habitat to be aware of those issues to come and discuss it with uh, the province and the federal government and in in some areas with the indigenous uh, communities that are involved in caribou recovery and look for opportunities to move this ahead together because it, it it's not an easy fix there's nothing that you you can point to to say you know you do this and you fix the caribou issue mm-hmm. you need to be acting on a number of different fronts in order to uh, keep caribou on the landscape and you need to have clear objectives uh, that that look uh, into the future to say okay here's how we see caribou fitting into that landscape in 10 20 50 years from now because we don't want to be doing things that could significantly hurt a community uh, when we don't expect that we're going to be successful with caribou recovery in that area. Mm-hmm. I want to follow up on a comment that uh, Minister Donaldson made uh, in late March when uh, this recovery uh, plan was unveiled. Uh, and that was essentially that they're looking for funding from uh, the federal government uh, for recovery. Um, How much money are you looking for? How much is going to be required uh, to, you know, operate this plan over the next, you know, pick a period of time, 10 years? Uh, What and what is it going to be used for? And do you anticipate there's going to be significant financial resources put towards all of the various management levers that uh, are going to be required under this plan? Well, um, I'll answer that in a couple of ways. The the provincial government, uh, well, the previous provincial government back in February of 2017 announced uh, significant investment in caribou recovery. And at that time, it was $27 million over over uh, three years. Uh, the current government extended that to be to uh, over a five-year period and an additional uh, $18 million uh, on top of the $27 million. So that becomes a five-year caribou recovery program from the provincial point of view, funded for about $45 million. Uh, In addition to that, we've recently signed a contribution agreement with Canada that provides, I don't remember the specific amount, but it's about $7 million over the next three years in uh, increments for the next three years that fund work that's ongoing in Southern Mountain Caribou. So all of that money is utilized to fund things, you know, the, the things that you know about, but likely some other things as well, that, you know, the monitoring and inventory work, the restoration of habitat, uh, the maternal penning efforts, the predator management uh, issues, the uh, extension into communities, the work with indigenous communities. Uh, and then also an adaptive management approach that that uh, we take the learnings and adapt how we're approaching caribou recovery um, moving forward. Um, a detailed question. Do you have a deadline uh, from the federal government as to when you need this uh, plan ratified by provincial council and uh, available uh, to them for uh, review? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, we continue just to work with them um, you know, on, a, 
kind of on a daily basis to, to move things forward uh, with expectations kind of from both sides that we'll we'll work within our typical fiscal year end system so you know that we're funding things in a way that's appropriate to get it done within the systems that we operate. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question, are you engaging uh, or have you engaged with uh, the federal government in any new mapping processes uh, such as uh, delineating new core habitat uh, mapping? Yeah, the, there is a, uh, well, the Section 11 provides for the opportunity, well, for the, the almost the obligation of a joint science team Uh because it's not not in place yet, we don't have that joint science team in place. But BC has a number of, of, of you know, world-recognized caribou scientists, and we've been working in collaboration with uh, the, the representatives of Environment Canada to refine their um, mapping that was provided in the in the um, recovery strategy in 2014. And also the mapping that we had uh, had been using for caribou recovery over the past number of years. So it's an ongoing process to improve that mapping and align it with our 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 uh, data. So my question is, um, thanks thanks for the information. But my question is, uh, you know, why not uh, include that information? updated mapping, because that's a key concern for people, you know, be it forestry or other backcountry recreation use as part of the consultation. So people will have an idea of where the, for example, where a core habitat for a specific herd is going to be. Well, the, like in the partnership agreement, which is a much more structured agreement with uh, specific objectives within particular areas, it, it has maps. Uh, the Section 11 is much more of a strategic guidance kind of document that, that allows BC and Canada to participate in this together uh, under the auspices of the Species of Risk Act. So the, the, our intention is to provide that mapping at the appropriate level, which we think is at that herd planning level, sort of the next step. Mm-hmm. And Okay, sorry. Thank you. Um, and you will be in uh, on Monday the fifteenth from uh, five thirty to nine thirty in Revelstoke at the community center for the engagement session here. Uh, just uh, requesting a quick breakdown. Um, when is is there an open house portion and then a presentation uh, portion? Uh, when does, uh, for example, the meeting start? Typically, uh, how we run it so far, and we keep we continue to improve the presentation. Uh, but how we've been doing it is 5.30 people arrive. We ask them to sign in so that we can stay in touch with people and have a kind of a gauge of, of how many people are attending. Uh, then we go through about an hour of presentation, just uh, looking. The main objectives of that hour are to tell people why we're there, uh, to go over very quickly what we've been hearing in other communities, then a brief uh, review of sort of a caribou 101, why caribou are in you know, a challenging circumstance, uh, a overview of the Section 11, and in Revelstoke, likely a very brief overview of the partnership because it doesn't apply in that area. Then we open it up to the, to the group and we take questions and provide answers to the group. Do that for about an hour. We typically break for 15 or 20 minutes during that period of time 
the panel and the rest of the staff that are, are there are available for one-on-one -on -one questions and conversations. Then, uh, depending, it's, it's, it's dependent on the tone of the group, whether they want to carry on with conversations or if they want to have uh, more of a presentation-style Q&A, and, and that's, that's how we go until the, the wrap-up of the evening. Typically around 9, 9.30, we either run out of questions or, or uh, people just start leaving. Mm -hmm. Great. Darcy Peel is the director at the BC Caribou Recovery Program uh, for the Ministry of Forests. Darcy, uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks, Aaron. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.